0: Kentucky Roll Call Podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. New year, new you. Start off 2022 by adding Cornbread Hemp to your health and wellness plan. Cornbread Hemp's organic, extra-strength CBD gummies deliver 50 milligrams of CBD and 2 milligrams of THC to help with your everyday aches and pains. Visit CornbreadHemp.com and use the promo code BIGX for 30% off at checkout. Stressful new year? Don't sweat it with Cornbread Hemp.
1: Bueller. Bueller.
0: Bad, bad girl. They- Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside.
1: This is the point where he always hits it. Aaron oh! Aaron! Aaron Harrison, beyond belief!
0: We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. 10 kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed? Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. Hello everybody, happy Monday to
2: you, January 31st, 2022, you're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalin, here on your chilly Monday morning, the last day of January, and we're here together to discuss the Keon Brooks game, everybody, woo! Oh yeah! Rock chalk beat down a clock, suck it KU as they say in Fog Allen Fieldhouse. UK annihilates Kansas, and I'm happy about it. Roush, I don't know how I—I I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm—I'm I'm a happy boy.
0: I am too. Uh, I think Kentucky is the best team to ever play basketball in the history of the universe. Okay, well let's slow down a little bit. No, they're awesome. That was fun. Kentucky, especially to do it on the road in a true road atmosphere, it is kind of funny that uh, when we were we were going through some of those old Kansas games, and pretty much every big year under Cal features some awesome, memorable moment versus Kansas, feels like it's forecasting for good things to come down the road.
2: That's a good point. You know, I hadn't really, I guess with the exception maybe of the John Wall year, but that team didn't make the the final four. But, yeah, 2012, yeah. you got them to, to start the season in the Champions Classic. I guess it wasn't technically the first game. And then, of course, the National Championship game. You had the good old-fashioned beatdown in 2014, 2015, the Champions Classic then. And then uh, the – people forget this. I certainly did for a brief moment. But the the Tyler Hero team, they the 2019 team. They, they beat Kansas as well, and that team was a P.J. Washington 12-footer from going to the Final mm-hmm. Four where they could have easily won the national championship just as likely as they would have lost that game in overtime to Auburn. That's a good point, yeah, for the most of the, the Cal teams. A win over Kansas says some good things. None of those teams, however, won at Fog Allen. Kentucky nope. hadn't won there since 1983, and – They don't lose often at that place. I think that was Bill Self's 16th loss as a head coach at Kansas, which is crazy because he's been there forever. And they don't get blown out there all that often. I think UK is responsible for two of their largest defeats and Saturday being, I think, the second largest um, in a long time. So what a game. Great coaching from John Calipari. I I was worried when Kansas tried the zone, you know, they were desperate. Let's just see if we can get anything going. But interesting strategy when Keon Brooks is just a zone annihilator, they put him right there in the middle and boy, he was feeling it. He was feeling it. That's, Mm -hmm. I won't say that's what we need from Keon Brooks. We need half of that from Keon Brooks, but if he goes ahead and does the whole thing, my goodness gracious. And you know what, not to take away from Jacob Toppin, in a much limited role because you're obviously not going to take Keon out when he's playing that well, but the minutes where they needed to give Keon a break or if they gave Oscar a break and Jacob was in or whatever situation led to Jacob Toppin being in the game, he was great. What was it, 11 points and 11 minutes for him? So the fours really stepped up, and if you get that production from that position, or if you, like I said, if you get half that production from that position, good night. This Kentucky team is unguardable, completely unguardable, and everything else all the other players they did their they did their thing ty ty washington played i don't you know was he 100 or not 100 i'm not 100 sure uh, but he didn't have his best game that he's had as a kentucky wildcat davion mintz continues to kind of slump if he's gonna slump now's the time to do yeah, it then, then hit your stride yeah. in march and guess what the rest of the team stepped up oscar is such an unbelievably consistent player that you almost gloss over his dominant double-double performance. Um, That possession where he missed like four layups and then just kept getting the rebound and out muscling Mm -hmm. Kansas players, that was the big kid in fifth grade, Roush, or maybe the big kid in sixth grade. It's fifth and sixth grade basketball. That's the big kid in sixth grade that can't really walk and chew gum at the same time, but he's just so big that he's going to pad his own stats, and he's just going to out-jump people. Well, it wasn't really out-jumping for Oscar. He was out-muscling, and then he eventually scored, did the muscle flex down the court. It was just such a set, such a good Saturday night. And if you weren't a believer in this Kentucky team, one, you should have been listening to KRC. Two, now you got to be.
0: You absolutely have to be. Uh, if I told you, Scoots, if I told everybody that was listening to this program that Severe Wheeler – and Ty tied Washington would only combine for nine points, you would have thought Kentucky would have lost that basketball game. That, uh, that no, kind of shows you how complete this team is. Nine points total between the two, and they go out there and get it done with a win. On a
1: normal game, yes, I would agree with that. But when you got Keon on the opposite side of that, pouring in 27, that yeah, kind of levels it out.
0: Justin, that's the point. Nobody expected Keon Brooks to score 27 that's points. True. Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, though, guys, I... I am Kellen Grady is quickly climbing up my power rankings of favorite Kentucky players of all time. The way he that third three he made, he was literally facing Kentucky's basket or Kentucky's bench when he caught the ball, turned 180 in the air and splashed it home. That's incredible. You don't see anybody do that.
2: He's becoming, you know, I said that like if he's set and the ball's thrown to him where he wants it, then I feel like it's automatic. And then he just basically did the opposite against Kansas, where he was just like leaning, <laughs> falling over. Uh, he had that transition three as well, where he's a little off balance and just was draining him. And also, Scooch, I think you, I feel like at some point this season, you said the same thing about Oscar. I think you're falling, falling in love with this Kentucky team. If I, if they, I'm not mistaken, I, I,
1: Fallen in love's a little deep. Let's let's uh, pump the brakes on that. But they are, off. they are a heck of a lot of fun to watch. If if I put my fan, fanhood aside, it's it's a heck of a lot of fun team to watch. It is uh, you, and that's that's mature
2: of you to say that. And I totally agree. It's just I don't know. And I think that's why you saw so much national love on Saturday that really hasn't been there and Kentucky really hasn't been healthy. But this team is healthy. Just a fun basketball team to watch. They've got a bruising big that can also score. They've got guards that can all shoot it that can uh, two of them can get inside and break down a defense. It's just kind of a, a fun basketball to watch and it's easy on the eyes because it's offensive driven, but it's also while it's not Calipari's best defensive team, the effort and the energy is always there, Roush. It's a team that really plays hard. They don't take too many possessions off. You could maybe attribute that to a more experienced group where they kind of just get it more than sometimes you see from freshmen. But it is just – it's appealing to the eyes to watch Kentucky play basketball. And we haven't really said that since maybe 2020, but that team was – you know, Manuel Quickly, when he was in the zone, he was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And if him and Tyrese Maxey were were getting it going, it was a good time. But it was more of kind of like they were defensive-driven. Ashton Hagens wasn't the best offensive player Kentucky's ever had. This is as fun as the Kentucky team to watch, I think, maybe since the 17 team. You know, if you preferred those guards getting up and down the floor. If not, maybe just the domination of the 15 team. It's just – it really is a, a fun group.
0: It's fun and as you mentioned, the the way that they can just put up points in a hurry. We saw that against Tennessee where they shot what like seventy-eight percent in the first half to score fifty some odd points. But they put up a fifty burger in the first half, and it wasn't just by being unconscious shooting the ball. Like they did it just by sure willpower. Uh I, I can check the stats real quick, but I don't I don't think they were shooting anything insanely great in that first okay. Uh, 61% I take that back but the, the overall point though is like they when they get hot this offense is humming absolutely humming and to go out and get a 50 burger right away put Kansas on their heels even when they did get that little 7-0 run in the second half using the zone that was just a little bit of a speed bump that they were not slowing down these Kentucky Wildcats Saturday night no, so, I mean, no, you think, no, you aren't.
1: When you think about this team come, say, March, it, TJ, one caveat that you always say is if this team's healthy, if this team's healthy, Kentucky has all the pieces needed to win the national championship. And, and there's no way you can argue against that. I mean, they have their good point guard who dishes it out. Oh, and then they have a backup point guard who plays at the two as well. Um, They've got their big man. If, if Keon and, and Toppin could play like they did, like you said, I, I mean, this is a scary, scary team come March.
2: Yeah, and that that was that was honestly, I think it, it's gonna be tough to top that UCLA CBS Sports Classic 2014 2015. But yeah. that's in the conversation for one of the best halves of basketball that Calipari's ever had. Uh, to go to go into that atmosphere, college game day, and then just basically ho hum, drop fifty on them in the first half, like it was nothing. You, I, I wish, oh gosh. I wish I was at that game instead of the one in, in 2016. But that atmosphere is special. I know a lot of Kentucky fans made the trip, and, and you were rewarded with such a treat. But just even the what you heard on TV, what you could see, what yeah. you could hear, the air was completely taken out of that place. You could hear a pin drop, or you could hear thousands of cats chants, which that doesn't happen at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. You don't nope. get the opposing team to just drown out the home crowd, the home noise, all of it. Go Big Blue, the Cats chance, the whole the whole shaboom. But 51 points in the first half, that's going to go down in history as one of the best Calipari halves of all time. And I've been a big believer in this group since – I wouldn't say since the start of the season. You know, I needed to kind of see it. But once you saw that the way this offense was going to operate, the experience of these guys and how hard they played, the, the Notre Dame loss was a bad loss. There's really no other way around it, although Notre Dame's been – okay since then the LSU lost who I, I couldn't couldn't care less about that one because of the injuries and I, I wish Kentucky was able to capitalize but they were right in there you saw a lot of fight from those guys the Auburn game similar and Roush I can't help but wonder that like if Tati Washington stays healthy is and if you know, Severe Wheeler also as well but if Tati stays healthy was Auburn destined for a game similar to what Kansas just saw because it was It it, it was heading that way. It looked like it was heading that way Mm -hmm. until he went out and got out of the game. So if this group stays healthy, it is national championship good. Now, I think the lack of, like, number one pick, NBA superstars, there's still obviously a, a, a list of teams that can beat Kentucky. I still think there's a few more losses on the schedule in the regular season. And I think there's a few teams in March that would be bad matchups for UK. And maybe I'll go over that list as the show goes on. But I I don't think that they're immune to having an off night and a team stealing one from them potentially. But if they're healthy, they're going to be in a dogfight at a minimum. I don't see this group getting blown out. Um, gonna be a fun year, and this is the last day of January. But the calendar turns to February tomorrow, and that's when things start to, to heat up as in regards to March Madness. Kentucky, uh, next week we'll have Mass Monday. We'll have Shelby Mass on to talk brackets. But right now they're comfortably a three seed. Some folks have them a two seed. The AP poll will come out today. The people that have released their polls, Roush. Kentucky, I don't think it's going to be surprising if you see Kentucky ranked as highly as fifth in the AP poll. I would maybe guess six if I – because I think some people have them. But a lot of the national experts, like the lead figures in college basketball, whether you love them or you don't, they've got Kentucky third or fourth, uh, which is pretty crazy. So you're going to see a huge boost in the rankings. Seeding-wise, I think if I were to guess, if I was doing a bracketology, I'd have them as a two-seed as of today. So – you take care of business in February, you do what we know this team now can do, then you're going to be in the hunt for a one seed, maybe comfortably a two seed. And, uh, that's, that's what Kentucky basketball should be doing. That's, this is, this is how it should be Roush in my opinion.
0: Yeah. It, uh, man, I, I can we get Holly Rowe on every UK game? I think the only two games she's done this year were the Tennessee game and the Kansas game. So, what is that Uh, average of 24 points per win when she's on on the espn broadcast with with jay and shulman let's let's keep doing that and keep mowing teams down uh because even though you said there are some wins or some losses still out there i mean the team really feels like they're they're hitting a new like the floor has been raised i think it's safe to say since early december mid december feels like this team's when you can have Keon Brooks fill the void left by your guards, you really are taking it to a new level, and you are playing like one of the five, six, seven best teams in all of college basketball. So you're right. There's going to be a, a letdown here too. I'm sure Alabama is going to be good. Alabama whenever they play Kentucky, but uh, man, we 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 get to, we can dream big now. I, I know we thought that they had all the right pieces, but well, maybe they're just one dominant player away. I don't know, maybe they don't need that dominant player. I I'd like to think so, but I mean, as much as we've talked about the offense, Obaji didn't do anything. He got four fourteen.
2: Yeah, best and- best defensive performance of the season, which it's it's easy to <laughs> yeah. just go to vault to offense when you have a fifty-one point half. But uh, only two Kansas players got double digits in their home gym. Crazy. And it wasn't it wasn't uh you know, it was your your two better scores there, but that was it.
0: That was it. Yeah, and it took him. It took 14 shots for Obaji to get 13 points, and Braun 11 shots to get to 13 points. I mean, yeah, th- Tw- th- that's 25, 25 shots to get to 26 points. That's yeah. good defense. That's, and and to go back to Oscar too, the like the casual double double nature. Our big that big concern of foul trouble that is not he has been gr- s- smart defender and even those guys that struggle to guard when they scroll to score they were still doing other things well uh we had eight assists uh washington had three boards and five assists i mean this team is really playing at a high high level and what's crazy about it too tj is we aren't as desperate for the shade and sharp which i think is why we're going to get a shade and sharp appearance wednesday night against vanderbilt it's like okay you know what it's it's gravy at this point. Might as well try that gravy out. See if it needs a little more pepper or if we're good with just regular old biscuits. Well, Justin, people forget gravy is wildly overrated.
1: Uh, disagree. My favorite food.
0: Yep. Gravy is yes. your favorite Great food. Take. It's Great take. I've had that take before. Ah, You've that had that calling. take
2: before? Your favorite food changes? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I probably should slow down on eating all the gravy. Heart health. I, There's some for I, beers.
2: I'm done with Shadon Sharpwatch. I'm done. Oh, if, if, officially if, done. I'm, I'm officially done with Shadon Sharpwatch. If you're not going to throw him in in a blowout win at Kansas, then what are you doing? Like, what are they doing with him? And you know what? I'm not, and that's that's where my mind goes when I do Shadon Sharpwatch, and I'm not doing it anymore. So, like, I it, it didn't take away from the win, obviously, in the slightest on Saturday, but it did cross my mind, and I started thinking, like, Okay, if you're never going to play this dude, then that's what you do. But if you are going to play him, why wouldn't you put him out on the court in the final 90 yeah. seconds at Fog Allen and just let him stretch his legs in a road atmosphere? He's not, what, What's the harm in that? Who, who is that hurting? What's that doing to anybody? And I don't get it. I don't understand it. So I'm done worrying about it. I'm done thinking about it. If he gets out there on Wednesday, then great. That'll be lovely, Roush. I'll look forward to seeing how he can help an already dominant team. And hopefully he can, because I think it could only help Kentucky just be even better. But I'm not going to spend any more time on it, because I am – It puts my brain in a pretzel that cannot be untwisted, and I'm done doing that to myself. So if we see Sharp on Wednesday, phenomenal. If it's Saturday, great. Sounds awesome. If it's never, then that's also cool. I'm glad you enjoyed your six months in Lexington or four months in Lexington, whatever it may be. But I'm not spending any more of my brain power on it because I just cannot seem to grasp what the hell's going on with that situation
0: well because you have such a little brain power to put forth towards that's true yeah Yeah. so that that might be a better explainer but it is I think having the um like last year's Dante Allen saga was worse than it needed to be because Kentucky was so bad and fans were just desperate to just to see him the the lack of desperation leads me to think that Cal might relent a little uh, in this Vanderbilt game. But you're right; like it isn't. It, it it feels like it doesn't matter at all because this Kentucky team they're freaking awesome. They're so good. Oh man, this this is going to be a fun show. Reading that Thornton's text on 502-414-1450. As much as this show can be a a nice way to uh, relieve some stress and vent some feelings after losses love just basking in kentucky is the best text after a big win like this doesn't happen this often but man we've got we got it twice this year got it Tennessee at home and then kansas on the road uh i i had a feeling going in that game that kentucky could go away with a win did not expect a dominant blowout where kentucky led by 20 for most of the game
2: no roushy don't forget about north Carolina. Oh yeah,
0: you're right. I, I I keep forgetting all the blowout wins.
2: Blowout wow. against North Carolina. Blowout at home against Tennessee, and they'll have a road game against Tennessee. Which, I, if they blow them out, boy, that'd be swell. Uh, but I would just settle for a sweep of the balls Would be would be. Beautiful also, regardless of how you do it. And then a blowout win at Kansas. And we all we had KRC's day at the ballpark on Saturday for the U of L Duke game. Normally, if you had this place, if you had U of L playing Duke the same day, Kentucky's playing Kansas, there'd be a buzz all throughout the city. But obviously Louisville's kind of going through their own stuff. But it was a good atmosphere. But we got to see up close and personal how if U of L didn't back out of that game, that you could add Louisville to the list of teams Kentucky blew out. So in the same season, you could have had a North Carolina blowout, a U of L blowout, a Kansas blowout, a Tennessee blowout. And are you not entertained? Gladiator voice. This is this is beautiful. This is what it's all about, folks. And I think last season did a lot of damage to a lot of people. I was right there with you all. It stunk. It was hard to watch. We needed something good coming off a pandemic year where the tournament was taken away from us, and it didn't happen. But the boo-boo has been kissed. The Band-Aid has been put on and taken off, and it's healed. And Kentucky basketball
1: is back. Back. All the way back, Justin. Did you have a good time at the game on Saturday? Yeah, I did. It was a good time. I actually meant to text you yesterday. Thanks for having me. It was, uh yeah, we had a we had a blast. I thought. Blast. Hey, I
2: even got my nap in. Hey, I knew I knew you I knew you'd be able to. You just had to lay down the law to to Duke. Justin and Roush were just throwing them back left and right. <laughs> um just well let, let's go to a break. We got to we'll, we'll talk a little bit about heading to the KFC Young oh, center God on Saturday.
1: We, we, we got to few- Justin
0: walker
2: we've got a few stories yeah and we're gonna have to do a locker stuffing as well but it was a good time it's gonna be a fun show and we won't waste uh, too much time getting to the Thornton's text line because it is packed a lot of people celebrating on Saturday night by texting into the Thornton's text line you can celebrate right now by texting in 502-414-1450 and you can treat yourself to a Thornton's donut to get your week started right last day of January you've been good have a donut Go get some coffee. Start your week off the way that you should at a Thornton's. They're basically on every corner. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We'll be right back. Hey, got me, got
0: me.
1: Hey. Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there.
0: welcome back to kentucky roll call
2: now let's go to ollie williams with the adoptive pet of the week
1: who wants this dog
2: thanks ollie
1: yeah this is a story of famous dog for the dog that chases its tail
2: Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 I'm TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalin here on your Monday morning. Text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I noticed it's a little lighter out this morning than it is. Uh, Day's getting a little bit longer. Probably won't be able to really notice that for any time soon, but noticed it maybe a little bit this morning. Uh, I'm all jazzed up. It was a fun weekend. Cats won. Got to hang out with the KRC folks at the U of L game. Good time. Still doing the the dry January for for me, but still enjoyed it all the same. We had media members just coming up to Roush left and right. Just p- basically people paying respect to Roush. This is not mm. a joke. He had a kiss and, the ring.
0: Yeah, and
2: and maybe one of them acknowledged me. Maybe one of them knew who I was, which I'm totally okay with that for what, it, for what it's worth. Whoa. Roush was getting a ton of crap for wearing red. Um, and then I, <laughs> I, I, my, we've had those seats since the Yum Center was uh, created and built, and never have been on the Jumbotron as much as we were on Saturday. Roush, you were a magnet on that thing. Did we we made it what three times? I think at, at least that we knew. And then we <laughs> then there's other cameras that weren't the Jumbotron shit cameras that were like focusing in on either you or Scoot. So uh very, very popular man on Saturday.
0: Oh man, it it was it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh I enjoyed uh getting a boo coach K. Uh, that was a good old time. Um yeah, while it, they
2: were giving him his bottle of bourbon and a bat, us three were just booing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> by the way oh, so can we talk about that because we had speculated that it was makers unbelievable and, and i get they dipped it in white and and blue and put his face on it but makers really yeah it's a very kentucky thing to do i, I just feel like there's so many better kentucky bourbons that you could have gave the man give them makers
0: do you know you don't like makers mark
1: I mean it's okay, but there's I could think of five or six I'd rather have off the top of my head. But
0: the gimmick though is the bottle. That that's always been makers thing. So that's why they went with it, I'm sure. Um, because you could do a little custom thing like they did with the custom bat. And I would have been uh upset about it, but it was kind of cool that Denny Crumb was the one who gave it to him because then he could kind of rub his nose in it, like, yeah, remember all those times you used to lose to me back in the eighties? That was fun. Um, so glad they got to do that part. There was a lot of Duke fans there. Um, including two guys sitting in the front row, right in front of us. In one, oh, dude, man. he had on a construction hat. It was a blue construction hat, and it was like a legit like you could wear that on a job site. And he had put like stickers and wrote Duke all over it. And then he, I didn't know what it was at first, and I realized he had a Blue Devil golf cover. And whenever they would do <laughs> something good, he would just hold up that blue devil golf cover. Like it was a puppet and just like wave it.
2: (laughs) These guys were fanatics. They were two of them. They were middle-aged and they were just decked out and do they may as well have like Duke face tattoos with how big of Duke fans they were. And they would, you know, they would cheer when Duke would score. They, They were nice. They seemed to be having fun, and they were having fun with the people around them. There were a few UL fans that were kind of crabby and telling him to put down his little golf head cover because it was getting in the way of the view of the game. But there was an M. Night Shyamalan twist with about eight minutes left in the first half. These Duke fans were just loving life. We were in the second row. They were in the first row. And wouldn't you know it, with about eight minutes left in the first half, somebody comes up to him and says, I think you're sitting in our seats. These Duke (laughs) fans weren't even supposed to be there.
0: <laughs> oh, and then even bigger plot twist: the person that had actually had those seats is a f- close friend, a friend of my wife's. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Nick's wife just actually
2: like kind of scooted down and found an open seat right behind them, and just got to talk with her friend for the game. There were some open seats, but it was actually it was supposedly the best crowd U of L's had at the Yum Center this year. There were a ton of Duke fans. I. I'm guessing if you're a Duke fan and you lived in like Indianapolis or St. Louis or Cincinnati or really any part around Kentucky or Nashville, you'd probably say like, "All right, this is our last chance to see Coach K. Um, probably going to be a win too, so let's let's travel there." And you've all played tough, hung tough for uh, for a half and half plus, really tied at sixty there. And yeah. that's when JK forty-seven did the dumbest thing he could have done: I had a small fortune on the over. And sixty to sixty with like eight minutes to go, the it's over fine. under was one forty three, and it was like, all right, at a minimum, you know, free throws, I should be good, fouling and whatnot. And then U of L decides to not score a field goal for the next seven minutes.
0: Went on a twelve zero run, and it it it's kind of been the story for U of L. They have like these really dumb sequences where they don't do anything. They started the game, I think, down like fifteen to two or something ridiculous. Come all the way back, tied up, and then sydney curry gets swatted at the rim he probably gets fouled by one of the guys that was there they don't call it and the air was like slowly let out of the arena from that point moving forward and i had bet the cards tj had the over and justin just oh you're fine you got this and just every time he had a
2: chance
1: to jinx he was just jinxing he was jinxing left and right what Uh, do you have to say for yourself you, you all were acting like i was doing that on purpose you had just said to me well we're at 120 eight and a half minutes left yeah so you're gonna be fine i mean that, that's not a jinx if, and if you feel like no, that is then that's really i truly apologize but the one thing for you tj is you shouldn't bet more than you're willing to lose so that's, oh, that's oh, oh, number one. one. okay so first now, off first it's, off it's, i, it's I
2: it's i'm fine problem first off I'm fine Lucy's going to have dinner tonight so don't you worry about me. <laughs> Secondly, it's just I don't know why you speak that stuff into existence. It, it, I you got to be more mature than that. You got to be more mature. I'm not than on that. the air. What do you mean? You're you're talking you're right next to me and you're saying no you're good
1: you have nothing to worry about. It's like famous last words buddy. Kiss the death from JK47. See, here's my thing as, as a broadcaster if I feel like if I'm on air calling a game that stuff comes into play. In my real life, I can't live like that. Are you kidding me?
2: Mm, no. Yeah. No wonder you're such a bad gambler. You probably jinxed yourself into Bolivia left and right left am, and
1: right. I am on the iciest cold streak I've ever had in my entire life. It's pretty oh, bad. Good. But, but hey, but at least ha- I'm not rattling on Louisville against Duke
2: we hey it was close you know if they hit that three they're late it's uh they, they very well could have covered and when it's 60 to 60 you're like okay looking like a cover is going to be pretty solid here both teams missed a bajillion free throws uh, yeah. that stuck to not hit that bet but it was a really fun yeah. afternoon hanging out with the KRC folks that arena still is just a thing of beauty and sounds like uh Kenny Payne will be roaming those sidelines sooner than later that's Seems like pretty much everybody at UofL is on board, has come to the conclusion that he's going to be the guy. There were some reports of whether or not he interviewed for the job. Uh, I think the AD said that it's not true, but who who knows? But um, good time. Good time on Saturday. Yeah, it was,
0: it was, it was fun being in a uh, in big-time atmosphere like that, just drinking some beers, having some cold ones, and watching just, it, great people watching down in the lower bowl of the Yum Center. Um uh, Especially our lady in her her red leather jacket, she was just oh. after it. I mean, it, it didn't matter. No, she was she was basically dancing the night away. It, it was it was fun to see her excitement. And then the mullet guy on the bench, I did not know Louisville had a mullet guy, but he is an enthusiastic member of uh, the, their their bench squad. And so you know, it was, it was a good time. The uh, the people they pull out of the stands to do those contests, though, I don't know what like how you develop the skill to see who is the most unathletic person possible to be able to shoot shots, but they're able to find them, man. They are able to find them. It's impressive how bad those people are in those uh, timeout contests.
2: Well, when we were walking in and we went to the concessions to start right out, right next to us, they were, a guy was yelling, sign up for the half court shot. At halftime, sign up for the half-court shot at halftime, and always wondered how those things work. Do they just like text you if you're the winner, or, or how do they how do they alert you if you're the winner and where you need to go? But it did dawn on me that like, oh, these people get to see the people signing up, and I would have no doubt about it, Roush, that they make like little notes, like okay, scrawny guy, uh, check, mm-hmm. and then they're and then they go to their list and be, before they do their quote unquote random draw they cuz you know uh hell you saw it at the Kansas game that people hitting the half court shots if you if you get somebody that's capable of doing it some some businesses stand to lose some money and the person that did the half court shot at the Uval game was it was it was a disgrace gosh. it was a disgrace nowhere close it wasn't uh, yeah. any
1: worse than the free throw competition though i mean oh, to make three yeah.
0: uh, three free throws in what 30 seconds
1: well, the guy the guy was wearing and
2: you know I don't this is no disrespect. I feel like people are going to take this as a shot at Big Blue Drew. It's not but the guy had ripped jeans at the free throw line. He was wearing he was wearing tight ripped jeans and I just don't think that's the the attire you need to be wearing in a free throw contest.
0: I also think when you are wearing a sweatshirt of another school that's probably a dead giveaway that you're not very invested in. Oh, did you think that
2: was a Dayton sweatshirt?
0: yeah yeah i, th- I think easy. that was
2: a high school sweatshirt i think it was like a, a high school sweatshirt that looked like a dayton sweatshirt
0: oh because I, I thought
2: the same i thought the same thing and then they put them on the jumbotron i was like oh it doesn't say date. it's not a d or a dayton it was a different it was like a was very, or, of like yeah. a centurion or something like that
0: oh well it was a cow kid so of course he's gonna stink
2: yeah. Wow. Wow, but but uh yeah, it was a good time and then that led into the the big Kentucky beatdown on Saturday and then we would be we got to talk about it but another amazing slate of NFL playoff football games and I cannot believe I'm saying this but the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be playing for a Super Bowl in 13 oh, days.
0: Man. That's crazy. <laughs>
2: Shout out to those people that did the daily double-double-header trip out there. What a treat that was. You get to see Seriously. Kentucky just annihilate Kansas on the road, and then you drive an hour to Kansas City and get to see the Bengals go to the Super Bowl. I, when it was 21-3, to 3, I was like, okay, I, I thought the Chiefs would cover. I thought maybe it'd be a little closer than this. But at some point, the, the miracle run from Cincinnati was going to come to a close. But boy, was I wrong, and happily so, because this Bengals team is fun to
0: root for. Goodness gracious, what a game. See, and, and here is, um, I think we got a good example of when being too aggressive is counterintuitive. So th- that's like all the rage. Now. We're going forward and fourth down, numbers, analytics, it all evens out. But, and I don't even think it was a fourth down, it, but they had two yards to gain on the goal line with five seconds left, the Chiefs did. You can either take, you can take one more shot to the end zone or just kick a field goal and go into halftime. But if they threw it into the end zone, they could have, I think they had enough time to go back and kick a field goal afterwards. Mahomes throws it to Hill in the flat, and it just took up too much time. Eli Apple stood him up, made a tackle, and what that did is instead of, I I, I know at that time, like, what's three points, but that, that gave the Bengals life that play gave them so much momentum going. I mean, not only did it keep it a, you know, 21-10 game, uh, but just to give them a little bit of hope in the defense that they were dominant in that second half. So that's where you've got to be able to read the game and know that mentally, like, how points can affect you and your opponent, and I, and I think by – coming out empty handed the Bengals they got the hope they needed going into halftime and just kept that momentum going it was it was an impressive come from behind victory for Cincinnati
2: it really was defense was the name of the game stepped up time and time and time again and they will take on the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl be no team had played a Super Bowl game in their home stadium and now back-to-back years that will will be the case going to be a really tough challenge for the Cincinnati offensive line against that front seven for the Rams especially their defensive line but I think you'd be you'd be crazy to count out Cincinnati with everything that they've been able to do I think just for superstition sake I'll probably take the Rams and the points just because I've bet against the Bengals the last two games and not only have they covered but they've won outright so (laughs) Bengals fans you feel safe I'm probably going to take the Rams in this one but it's just been a hell of a run and I I make fun of Cincinnati sports fans from time to time they're sometimes fair weather over the top when things are good over the top when things are bad but you can't help but kind of have fun with this, this or be happy for them. Obviously I've got several Bengals friends and I know some Bengals family as well. And they're all just over the moon, excited. It's a hell of a run. So congrats and I'll be rooting I, although I'll probably bet the Rams I'll be rooting for the Bengals to, to bring it home win the super duper bowl and had another great one in the NFC championship game I couldn't watch that one as much as I would like just because I still just couldn't get over the fact that Green Bay lost to Jimmy G and Lambeau Field but I did watch the the second half and I was, it had it on the whole game but I was kind of doing other things during it but uh, that was an exciting one too and defense wins it there as well and uh so, congrats to the Rams as well. I don't think I know as many Rams fans, but a, another great slate of football.
1: With uh, with the yeah. way that the overtime game played out in Cincinnati and Kansas City, does that talk now die down about changing the overtime rules with Kansas City winning the flip but can't but Cincinnati still winning?
0: Man, it was really – fun. there's a guy that writes to the ringer, Roger Sherman, and as the fourth quarter started, he said, where can I get the odds that – Cincinnati sends this one to overtime, gets the coin flip, and Patrick Mahomes never touches the ball. And I, I thought for a while the that karma would have brought us to that point, but instead uh, Mahomes got the ball and he went for it all. Uh, the Bengals they they dropped at least one or two picks, I want to say, late and and for them to actually get. You thought that like oh my god that even Jim Nance as the interception was happening was referencing previous time where the Bengals dropped a Joe Montana pick in the Super Bowl and then like the next play went down and scored well this time they got the pick on the following play to set up that game winner and uh I think what's going to be fun about the previewing of all this is you can say "The, the Rams are the more complete team and then you just go yeah but but Joe Burrow that that's just really what this entire that driver he kept scrambling for first downs was nuts. Uh, the Michael Vick tweets were hilarious. I just I, I could not give given. I mean, so happy for Cincinnati fans, but kind of like just in the jinx. My friends were like, "Oh, so as soon as Roush quits being fans of the Bengals, uh, they go to the Super Bowl." <laughs>
1: that, that
2: is true. Gosh, I can't help but think that like if you just had picked the Bengals instead of the Steelers, yeah, you you could you could be a part of this. Uh, miracle run but that was that was fun fun game happy for the bingles fans that's been a long time suffering and now the most exciting but also longest 13 days are now taking place for you it, you don't mind that it's long because you just the optimism of the super bowl is great but it's it's gonna feel like three months for what it's worth, uh, waiting for this Super Bowl game. But that and it, I think it's gonna be a good one. I mean, every basically every almost every playoff game since the Super Duper Wild Card round has been phenomenal, so I wouldn't expect it to change for the Super Bowl. And uh, obviously, we'll talk about that when the game approaches. Uh, let's get to this Thornton's text line because there is a ton of text. Let's do it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Did I just hear Roush say Roethlisberger is his favorite player ever? Yikes, man! You didn't say that. You didn't say he's your favorite player ever, right? I think he did on Friday. No, Ra- even I was thinking. Yikes!
0: You couldn't mean that. You don't mean that. No,
2: I don't mean that.
0: Like, gosh, I'm, I'm doing the bit here. The two year bit.
2: Who do you Might think you're the
0: Super Bowl? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who do you think that would be funny if you just made a video of you wearing Steeler stuff and you like threw it out and had, <laughs> had, had had Bengals gear on and said you're on, you would make so many Cincinnati fans, <laughs> <laughs> it'd maybe be worth it for the for the trolling aspect of it. But uh, Texter says, Is Bobby Regan just Jay and Lyndon?
0: I think they do have similar sounding voices, I could see that. But, no, I can confirm they are, in fact, two different people.
2: I wonder if I've ever ran into Jay and Lyndon in Lyndon. You know, I'm TJ in Lyndon.
0: Oh, wow. That could be confusing. That could be. Uh, that, that really you know, could be. You've like, never seen Jay and TJ in Lyndon in the same building at the same be time. The-
2: Spider-Man meme, but I'd be ha- I'd have a T on my Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it could be a really funny picture.
2: <laughs> well, I'm excited to have, I mean, I wish we had Bobby Regan on today, but we'll have to wait till Friday, but I- I'll be excited to get his takes on the, uh, on the Kansas game. It'll be ancient history by that point. But uh, every, it, it was nice just to see without any outliers, Roush, the fan base that, that felt like a, a 2015 social media experience on saturday everybody was just over the moon happy because there's nothing you could nitpick the whiners had nothing to say rightfully so and everybody i think was just united in like this this team is is cool i like this team special team special group this is going to be a fun fun final two months of the season
0: oh man So what makes it so great just like having everybody just the collective joy all at once just sitting back relaxing and getting to see Bill Self and his stupid hair. Pee- oh, God, man, so much fun. You know, I'm this is maybe a hot take. I really don't like, I want to beat them obviously
2: every time uh, compared to like the Dukes and the IUs of the world. Kansas is all right by me just because I think they're the most similar fan base to Kentucky.
0: Yeah, I just had one guy in on my fraternity who was a Kansas fan. So, like, you know, when you know one of them, it's much more... E- it's easier to hate. I think the reason why I love to beat them so much uh, is to see Self's, like, incredulous face on the sideline because it just ticks me off The how everybody handles him with kitty gloves. The, the national media suck fest for Bill Self has really made me amplify my, my hate towards that program.
2: Well... Calipari falls in that line. He loves him some Bill Self and Bill Self loves him some Calipari. They're boys. And I like I, I agree with you. It just seems like, you know, criticism is drawn in other areas of the college basketball world especially at UK, but Self seems like a nice enough guy. You know, like you know, basketball hairpiece aside, he's been caught cheating too, but like seems like a good dude. Uh Kansas fans were pretty complimentary for the most part from what I saw of Kentucky. How could you not be? You just got a total and complete beat down, but it's a place where basketball is King. It you know really matters. The history matters. The culture matters. That's similar to Kentucky in some regards. And so I've, I've never really hated the KU program as much as other UK fans have obviously over the moon, beating them want to beat them every time you play them. But I, I guess there's like a, Mutual Derek Jeter hat tip respect to their program.
0: Oh, you, you're gonna. <laughs> Sorry, TJ, you're not. You're not as cute as that little kid was.
2: Oh well, no, I'm not. Unfortunately, um, no, no. not at all. But I've never really like had. You know, obviously the national championship game, final four down in New Orleans, rubbing shoulders with them, a lot of smack talk. But I, I think that they're. I can't give me Kansas over Duke any day of the week. Uh, North Carolina, they're they're frauds for the most part. They've got a loyal fan base, but it's more of like, huh, should we go see the basketball game today? Yes, well, well we could, we could have our caviar and watch the hoops. Uh, Kansas, I think, is a little bit more down to earth. Like, hey, this is the big show in town. We love it. This is what it's all about.
0: Oh man, uh, I really wish we would have been able to see that video of the scoreboard breaking pregame, or else I would have bet a significant amount of the rash family fortune on the cats did you see the scoreboard fall apart yeah if you
2: didn't <laughs> see that that video it's out there on twitter maybe somebody can post it to the facebook page but good goodness <laughs> gracious how is that not a concussion yeah the dude got nailed do we know what player <laughs> kansas, that was
0: i don't i don't know what player it was but kansas was running out of the tunnel and their small uh scoreboard i mean i think it just had the clock and the score on it um that was just hanging over there like tunnel the midsection of it came down and just whopped a dude i mean direct hit to the forehead it's like those head on apply directly to the forehead i mean it nailed him <laughs> it did uh, that raucous atmosphere
2: backfired quite literally uh, glad he was all right, all things considered, because he just got drilled in the face. And then the other players like having to kind of dodge it in real time there. Uh, pretty pretty wild scene. A texture on the Thornton's text line, 5024141450. I've been hard on Brooks. This is what I want to see. When he plays within himself, he can be a game changer for this team. Happy for the kid on this stage to show this. I'm sure there are a large amount of scouts there. He's making some money tonight. Definitely probably made some money or at least just got on some radars, which is good for him. He needed to have a game like this. But to do it on that stage with all the eyeballs, that was huge. And this is something that I think most – I think like 95% of people are going to be able to realize this. That doesn't make the Keon Brooks criticism unwarranted before this game. And it also isn't a realistic expectation to say, well – now we know that he can do it. We need to see it every night. He's not going to have near 30 point games consistently. And that's just, that's not how this thing's going to work. The criticism before this game is fair. We just want him to be more consistent, especially in big games. Show something, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. Um, Saturday was just him knocking down the shots, Roush. He was putting himself in a lot of the same positions he has. Um, now the zone allowed him to work kind of the middle of the free throw line a little bit more than he normally is in the middle of the paint a little bit more than he is, but he was just hitting those baseline shots. He was hitting his jump shots. Uh, it, 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 he played aggressively and you could tell confidence and all that, blah, blah, blah. All that was good, but he's just hitting the shots and hopefully he can do more of that. Uh, doesn't take away from some of his going and hiding games that he's had this season, and it's not realistic to expect him to do this every night. But that is just knock down your shots, Keon. Bada boom, bada bing, and that's how it can look for well, you.
0: He didn't knock down his free throws, too, um, because, he, he, because he played aggressive. He went to the line a lot. I think when he scored the 15 of UK's first 17 second-half points, I want to say that six or eight of them were from the free throw line. Uh, and it was because he was playing aggressive inside, they were devoting a lot of attention to Oscar Shibway, and Keon was taking advantage. So, um, but but to go back to your original point, too, like I, I think we've always known that Keon has games like this in him, maybe not 27 points, but he certainly had some this year where it's like 17 here and there. It's just and it's and it always has been the, the inconsistency. So, happy to see him have this big moment. Um, but I, I, you know. I don't, I don't think anybody's going to expect him to to do this regularly, but you know what though? The way the numbers are playing out right now, he's averaging double digit scoring. I think he's second on the team in scoring right now. Um, huh. I wouldn't. Have, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, uh, he's at uh, I think over eleven points per game now. So it, I, was, it, I was happy to see him have a big game. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, it's been
2: it's I wouldn't say it's been like a rocky career at Kentucky but you have a tournament taken away from you and then you know he was kind of calming presence on a pretty terrible team last year and he had to deal with injuries obviously and then this year has been a little up and down but everybody's kind of circled the four position as if their team has a weakness it's probably at the four position and I've been leading that charge for what it's worth I'm not going to hide from that and then he goes out there and just dominates and in Kentucky's best win, best game of the season. And I was happy to see it. Happy for him. Just knock down your shots. Knock down your shots. Don't try to do too much. Let the game come to you. Bada boom, bada bing. He did what he had to. All right. Hour one done. We got a whole another hour. We got a lot of texts on the Thornton's text line. You can keep them coming in 502 414 1450. We'll have to talk a little bit of football because yeah. bad news. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll come back and talk about that. But this is Kentucky Roll Call and we got another sixty minutes, so don't go anywhere. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen
1: will be right back.
0: Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call.
1: Nothing is over until we decide it is.
0: With Walker and Rosh We're just getting started, bro.
2: Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call, here on Big oh, X Sports oh, Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Remember, you can listen to Kentucky Roll Call live on 96.1 on the FM, 1450 on the AM, like I said, or you can stream on the TuneIn app. We got a data and hassle free call in number as well that a lot of people really enjoy. Let's see if I can find that for somebody real quick
0: five six three nine 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 three two five zero look at you look at you that, that number yeah five six three nine
2: nine nine three two five zero there's a couple other ones if that one doesn't work reach out to us you can always just tell your alexa to play big x sports radio and that will that will play the replay of krc from nine to eleven all on the same platforms that we had just mentioned or you can listen to the podcast anywhere anytime any place is fine and we love our sponsors at cornbread hemp roush i've been a big fan uh, over the last month since i've gotten to know the product and it's been really good for me
0: yeah if you use the promo code big x you get 30 percent off at checkout whether you're going to try some of their gummies uh, maybe their cbd oils uh, they've got a variety of products for a variety of applications whether just got a little bit of anxiety or maybe you got some some aches in your shoulder maybe you got a little tennis elbow uh you know got to get that golf swing back in shape you try the cbd out for the first time if you go to cornbreadhemp.com just go through their product finder and they'll help you get what you need to help you out Uh, cbd has a variety of uses and the organic full spectrum cbd comes with a little bit of an extra punch uh with a little bit of thc scrap sprinkled in there as well to give you that extra strength efficacy just it, it packs a punch at Cornbread Hemp. So use the promo code BIGX at checkout and get 30% off at cornbreadhemp.com. Do it. It'll save you
2: some money, and you will not be disappointed with what you get. Roush, I'm a little disappointed with the news over the weekend that Nick Snaven is sniffing around Lexington.
0: Yep, and it sounds like he is going to take Kentucky's offensive line coach, Eric Wolford. Bama Online was the first to report at their 24-7 site. And uh, overnight, Chris Lowe from ESPN, who's really plugged in at Tennessee and Alabama, confirmed that Wolford will replace Doug Marone, who I, I didn't realize he was leaving, but apparently he is going to join Dayball up at the New York Giants. So uh can't say I blame Eric Wolford for taking the job at all, but uh, it's a pretty good gig. He's coached a little bit of everywhere. It also doesn't surprise me that he's moving on quickly. Uh, I think four years at South Carolina might be the longest he's been pretty much anywhere. Um, so he, he's he's not one that sits still for long, but I think ideally you would have liked to keep him around at least for two seasons um, because the offensive line did play well this fall. Um, and I think more importantly... You're losing two of your best recruiting assistants in one offseason, in John Summerall and Eric Wolford. Uh, Wolford didn't necessarily have a home recruiting territory. He recruited a bunch of different spots. And I think what was really key is that once Klinkscale left, well, hell, I mean, your three best recruiting assistants in like the last year have all left. But once Klinkscale left, Wolford kept Kentucky alive in Nashville and helped get Dion Walker who is one of his recruiters, uh, one of Klink's recruits in Detroit. So, Wolford's been a, a good recruiter for the Cats and finding a one-two punch on the offensive line and a good recruiter, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. So, I, I can't say I blame him uh, for for taking the opportunity to coach on Nick Saban's staff. It's a heck of a job. Um, but it, it's no doubt going to be uh, a loss for the Kentucky football program.
2: Boo! Boo. I, bad news, seems like. Yeah. I, I guess I guess we should have trusts and stoops to make the right hire to replace him because he's been he hasn't bat he hasn't batted a thousand with coaching hires, assistant hires, whatever it may be, but pretty darn good. I really good, as a matter of fact. So I guess you just have to give them the benefit of the doubt to to bring in somebody that they're going to feel is going to be able to go, do a good job. Any idea who that could be? I know all this is kind of moving quickly and was a little bit of a surprise, but any idea?
0: No, not off the top of my head uh, because, like you said, it was kind of a, a late moving uh, deal right in the middle of NFL Sunday, so I wasn't uh, hammering phones. I know that uh, there might be a little bit of disappointment because – yeah Wolford was a Youngstown guy you thought Youngstown might be hanging around a little bit longer uh but that's not the case so I it, it's one of those deals where I would expect Cohen to play a role in this process I, I don't know how big of one uh but like the offensive line coach is a pretty big hire um uh, especially like it it typically falls on the offensive coordinator's shoulder. So I'm sure it'll be, it'll go hand in hand, but that was something that stoops. Wolford was basically worked out before the season ended the year prior. So they they've had this thing teed up for a long time. Um, I think all things had gone well for the most part. Uh, You know, maybe there was a a few disagreements here and there over some things, but um, now the next guy, You know, Wolford had it kind of made, you know. He was able to kick Luke Fortner down to center and had a transfer portal addition at left tackle. So he didn't have to fill a lot of holes. But next year, you know, that's – there's a lot you're going to be missing. You're losing your tackles and your center. Um, In theory, you can move Eli Cox over and have that taken care of. you got a transfer portal addition in Manning um, that you can have at guards. Now, luckily, you've got this – you've got a solid foundation there. Um, where there are some guys that have been around between Horsey and Cox and, and Manning's played a lot of fo- SEC football as well. But uh, the next guy's got, he's 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 got some talent, but he's got some work to do as well. So um, I I don't know that as as far as when they could who it could be when it could be locked up, who knows? But um, it's certainly a big hire on, on hands for Mark Stoops and Co.
2: Yeah, and it's it's official. Uh, several different places reporting that Eric Wilford has accepted the same job at Alabama. It is Alabama. You're probably going to get some hot takes, Roush. I'm just going to throw these your way and you can, you can tell me the validity of the hot takes is, well, if Kentucky football wants to be, wants to continue climbing, you've got to be able to match Alabama's offers.
0: I don't think that applies for like this job. Like Doug, That's maybe uh, like you did that for Brad. Like you were able to do that for Brad White, but you're not going to be able to do that for every offer. Like some school, some jobs are just more prestigious and they're going to take that job. No matter what Alabama offensive line coach is one of them. I'm not sure who was there prior to Marone, but I'm assuming that guy's got a great job now too. Like
2: I saw some things that I think uh, Wolford was getting paid just under half a million dollars at Kentucky. And he could make, Uh, I think seven hundred fifty thousand at Alabama. If you're just going by what the last coach at Alabama made, Marone, and what uh, he was make, what Wolford was making at Kentucky, a three hundred thousand dollar difference is significant. That's huge. Now, I do. I'm just. I don't truly believe that hot take that I threw your way, Roush. I was just seeing what you would think when, because people are undoubtedly going to say things along those lines. But I do think if can again $300,000 for an offensive line coach that may just be a a bridge too far to gap there but i would say you do need you want to ideally in a perfect world continue to increase that be able to pay more than the vast majority of college football programs kentucky's already moving in the right direction in that regard and it is alabama alabama has more money to spend than anybody with maybe the exception of A and M, but it's just those two, and then there's probably a, a little bit of a drop off after that. Uh, but you you do want to keep working towards. All right, this happened. We don't love it. We can understand it, but we don't love it. Keep working towards it. Ideally, not happening in the future, though. I don't think that's so much a hot take.
0: I mean, but there's also a. Uh, I mean, they they paid every like he you can't pay everybody every time, and they paid the big three. Um, you know, so like that, that, that's what their money went to keeping Brad white and Liam Cohen. And, uh, you know, there's only so many, I mean, hell, even Clint got a promotion last year before he left for Michigan. Like there's just some, there's just some places and fits that are going to outweigh money. That's just the, the nature of things. I
2: understand that. And, and Alabama, it's, it is Alabama, uh, but still don't like this news. I don't so much love your synopsis of where Kentucky goes from here. Uh, because it's a big year. You're right. You're losing two starters. One's going to be a first-round draft pick, most likely, and you are now losing your coach. It's a it's a big year for the Big Blue Wall. Yeah. Be anxious to to see. Generally, this stuff doesn't move overly quickly for UK. Right. You may get a name, or may get circled in, and then you still have to wait like two weeks before it can become official. So maybe we'll hear some names thrown around by the end of today. I'm sure you'll be working the phones and. And maybe Luckett even has just a list of candidates that that he has thought of could could take over this job. But I'll be anxious to hear some names. I want uh you, you want a recruiter, obviously, if you can if you can make that happen. And you obviously need somebody that's shown that they've coached a good offensive line, a talented offensive line before. Now I will say, South Carolina's offensive line was solid, but that wouldn't have been a team that you'd be like, Oh yeah, they're known to have a really great offensive line. So that's something to keep in mind with this new hire. If it's at a school that you don't think is like this traditional power or has been completely and totally dominant over the last few years. Um, Wolford, obviously everybody praised that hire, but you wouldn't have looked at South Carolina and been like, Oh, we just stole the offensive line coach from one of the best offensive lines in the country. That's something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. And I, I would also say, um, I I did get one name yesterday. I I forgot about this. Yesterday, I was uh, naturally giving most of my attention to the actual football games and not like, you know, it's like um, when you get that email Friday at 5 and you're like, I'll just, I'll put it off till Monday. But I did hear one name throughout the process, and that's the guy that John Summerall just hired. um, Former New England Patriots assistant Cole Popovich. Um, he, He related to Greg. I think he's Greg's son, maybe. Um, but yeah, I, I've heard that that is a, uh, th- that's a name that some guys around there like, but does that mean anything? You know, who knows? We'll, we'll see how it plays out, but that could be one just to, to keep on your radar. Okay. Well, All right.
2: It will be kept on the radar. So that's some news. We got to, we had to address it. Not ideal, not an ideal way to start the week or news over the weekend when it seemed like it was going to happen, but uh, I, there good, some good news though. Yes, there was. Yes, yeah.
0: Shamar Porter, wide receiver from Nashville, who I think was recruited by Wolford. Uh, <laughs> four star, top, one three has him as the number 60 player overall in the 2023 recruiting class. An outstanding pass catcher uh, from Nashville, committed to Kentucky in kind of surprising fashion. Uh, six foot three, 200 pound dude. Uh, man, it. He he's got one of those films, TJ, where he, like he does stuff that you're just like, how can a person do that? One one of the clips, he just jumps over a guy like just straight jumps over him and makes it look easy. And then another one, he tiptoed down the sideline for about 15 yards. I don't know how he kept from going out of bounds, but the 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 body control, the athleticism, the explosiveness, it. it he he's a, he's a really talented pass catcher. Now it's just a matter of keeping, you know. Obviously, it's a long way until signing day, but it's good to get him on board now because that kid, that kid can place a ball.
2: Yeah, Shamar, enjoy that on three ranking until you sign with UK, and then just imagine about 150 spots lower, most likely. <laughs> so so keep that in mind. I, I love the gifs that you were tweeting out the other day of him. Uh, I, I think the tight roping down the sideline was the most impressive. Like how, how he did that
0: was. I, I, just, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was for like 20 yards. It just kept going and you're just waiting for him to fall out of bounds or just be able to gain his balance and run normally. But nope, just stayed a tiptoe and that was impressive. Yeah, I, it's great. I love the emphasis put in the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, maybe not as talent rich as Georgia or Florida, obviously but there are every year dozens and dozens and dozens of great players in the volunteer state and Kentucky's really starting to, to hunt those grounds pretty successfully. So love, uh, love the addition there. Hope Kentucky can keep him committed, but mm-hmm. that was a, that
0: was a nice ad. It was a nice ad over the weekend. Uh, he, he reminds me of the the Baker kid that transferred from Alabama, just the, what they can do at that outside receiver spot. So, Really impressive to be able to get Shamar Porter in the fold. And one other note from receiver that I got to mention, Jordan Anthony, who is signed with UK and will be here next fall. (laughs) He was competing in a track event over the weekend. He set the US record in the 60 meters, 6.7 seconds. He ran 60 meters. So 60 yards in 6.7 seconds. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's a great 10 yards a second. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, and he's like we, a little guy too. He's not like a Usain Bolt, long strider, where that's how he's faster than everybody because he's like six four. No, dude's like five eleven. He's just fast as hell. That's crazy.
2: This is a completely kind of random side note, but in the world of college football, did you see the Penn State players thread on Twitter? No, Bryce Mustella. Oh, you got to check it out. It's actually like kind of horribly sad. Um, he's a Penn State player. And he's, he, he made this long thread basically just talking about his experience at Penn State the last two years and how when he got there, he was a U.K. recruit at one time as well. I think he was a three- or four-star um but I, I do, I don't think Kentucky was in his final list or whatever, but I remember that name being thrown around. Anyways, but he said when he got to Penn State, the emphasis was on him gaining weight, which that doesn't really make him unique as a football player mm-hmm. whatsoever. Generally, coaching staffs are either going to want you to lose some weight or they're going to need you to gain some weight. And probably more times than not, they want their players to add weight because you need to be a grown man to be able to play at the highest level in college football. So he talked about how that has always been an issue for him, gaining weight, blah, blah, blah. You need to read the entire thread. But uh, it got to mm-hmm. a point where he just couldn't do it with the workouts. You know, he'd put on weight, and then they'd go through practice, and they'd do all that stuff, and he'd lose it. And he said his, his mental health started to get impacted by all this, and it got really, really dark. And, again, he, he details it better than I could put it. Um, and Penn State just totally screwed him. They they totally screwed him. Uh, they basically told him either you can medically retire or you're gonna have to leave. And they told him that um, they basically kind of tricked him into dropping out of the university to the point where he can't drop, he can't re get back in, he can't re enroll, um, and. Says that you know James Franklin won't answer calls or text messages, and it it, it it paints a really bad picture for James Franklin, a guy who's already had his fair share of bad looks. So read that thread. He's Bryce Mastella, Mostella, M O S T E L L A on Twitter. Bryce with a Y too. Bryce yeah. with a Y, and it's um, it, it's an it's the ugly side of college football rash, which, um, sadly, I'm sure this probably isn't totally unique to Penn State, but with james franklin's track record it's pretty eye-opening and now neely abendapudi is probably gonna have to do something about this because it's it's disgusting um if if his story is true which i i think we'd have no reason to doubt but if his story is true uh there's two sides to every story but this is not a good look from one side of it so check that one out and then
0: Uh, that's just yeah this is rough yeah Uh, James Franklin being a cold-hearted uh, jerk, though uh, I'm not surprised.
2: Yeah, um, it, it's it's they said like that even his parents would try to reach out to him, and now he's talking about how like he's not enrolled, so he doesn't have any of the scholarship and that stuff going on. Um, he he can't pay his rent, and he's in a pretty tough spot. So uh, it's not the not the best look for Penn State football, which has just had. A couple decades of bad looks, along with James Franklin, who they brought in. Seems like almost maybe a match made in heaven. Let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll finish up this text line. Still a lot of fun text from Saturday night. And then all the texts in today's show as well, which we look forward to reading. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing
1: we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world.
0: The Pinky and the brain, yes, Pinky and the brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the team has his they The Pinky, the Pinky and the brain, 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 brain. brain. Before each night is done, their plan will be unfurled by the dawning of the sun. They'll take over the world, their pinky and the brain, yes pinky and the brain. Their twilight campaign is easy to explain. To prove their mousy worth, they'll
1: overthrow the earth.
0: They're pinky, are pinky, they pinky, the pinky brain, and the brain. brain. I
2: don't want to stop it, it's so brain, fun to listen brain, to. Brain, <laughs> 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 Oh, that's good stuff. That's good rejoin there. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. One final segment 502 414 1450. This is the Thornton's Text Line. Remember to download the Refreshing Rewards app, and you will save money each and every time you're at the pump at Thornton's. And it's a new week. If you're like me, I could eat at Salserita's every day, but I try to limit myself, um, even though with the app, I save money all the time. So I'm not spending that much money there. That being said, I can't wait to go back and get a nice quesadilla, a burrito, They're wildly addictive chips, hot, spicy salsa, if that's your thing. If you're Justin, they've got some milder salsa for you, delicious queso, guacamole out the wazoo. It's just they've got it all at Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown. They have a drive-thru, you don't have to get out of your car, and St. Matthews. And you don't have to get out of your car because they'll deliver to you if you check out that app, or you can have it ready for you in the restaurant to pick up. As soon as you get there, you just walk inside, and you'll grab it, and you'll be on your way. Salsaritas makes it easy for you, and they make it delicious for you, and it's always fresh. Check out one of their two spots in Louisville today. All right. Roush, any other quick hitters you want to get to before we keep ripping and rolling through the Thornton text line?
0: Um, Let's keep ripping and rolling, shall we? yes
2: we shall Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. a texter says oh, so it's a long one fun fact on neil young not neil diamond <laughs> standing up for what he believes in the company that most recently purchased the rights to his music catalog also recently hired jeff kindler who's the former chairman and ceo of pfizer as a senior advisor for said company. You think maybe old Jeff Kindler might have had some interest in Pfizer continuing to do well. For the record, I'm not an obnoxious Rogan bro like some people and don't love it or listen to it when he gets obliterated. However, he does get highly regarded experts in their respective fields to come on and gives them a three-hour platform to talk about what they know from their areas of expertise. And I listen to those usually and like tj said allows people to form their own opinions based on what they hear this deep dark desire to mute people for sharing adverse opinions is darker than anything that has ever been said on his podcast sorry for the long text i totally agree with pretty much all that i don't know if i believe in the pfizer conspiracy yeah but like what, what is neil
0: young why does he care that the people who bought his music are still making money like he doesn't care he got paid that sounds like a silly little like let's try to connect some dots here.
2: No. it's interesting though. I mean it, it, it's it, I don't think it really matters to everything going on. but the, the 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 outrage over Joe Rogan is just the most embarrassing thing that's really happening right now and there's a ton of embarrassing things happening right now. If you don't want to listen to his podcast, don't. you don't care about people being misinformed with deadly information because if you did, then you'd want Dr. fauci fired. I mean immediately. He said vaccines would stop the spread of COVID. It didn't. He said that masks didn't work, and then he said he did. So if you're looking for anybody that's spreading misinformation, start with the lead medical advisor in the United States. The Joe Rogan stuff is just a joke. And you keep waiting for it to like level out and stop, but it it doesn't because that's the that's not the way that the culture works nowadays. Um, but we don't need to get into that any deeper. Also, after you all saying, I think Monday that y'all like it when you all know who's texting in and like it when we put our names on the text. I never thought you all cared. Not that I think you don't care about your listeners because you obviously do, but I've been racking my brain like a loser to come up with clever names because I like to overthink things. Alex Kolga, Columbus, Georgia, just doesn't roll off the tongue like Money Moop, Brad from Bellbrook, or Rocket City Rob. Man, both these texts have been Wacky Wednesday texts if I've ever had it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, gosh, we, we can think of one
0: Columbus, Colga.
2: Columbus Colga. What about just Colga?
0: Colga. Well, Colga would work too.
2: Colga's yeah, kind of yeah. fun, yeah. yeah. I think Justin's on to whatever works ba- ba- best for you, Colga
0: from Columbus. You let us know, <laughs> but we the appreciate says, the text. I like Billis, but he can eat my butt whining about the physical play. <laughs> eat my butt that's a good one
2: (laughs) i didn't get to listen to the tv broadcasters all that much we had uh we we were with some folks and couldn't hear the tv that 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 much but not mad about it and supposedly they were pretty complimentary late in the game rightfully so don't know what else they could do
0: yeah um and you know what the um the officials couldn't even make the game too infuriating so They had their moments, but gosh, that second half, I was
2: so nervous. And especially like when Kansas, you know, cut it to what 12 or 14 or whatever it was. I was like, oh gosh, I hope the officials don't come into play. But credit to UK, if you don't want officials to matter, just hit open shots. And Kentucky just did the entire freaking game. They knocked down open shots. If you just do that, they're there for Kentucky. The offense is too good. They find open people. And it's just, we can give all the basketball analysis in the world and be basketball bennies. But sometimes the sport is just as simple as hitting shots. You're going to look good. Missing shots, things are going to be more difficult, and they were in Fuego on Saturday night. That was a lot of fun.
0: Texture says, hearing Go Big Blue through my TV on the road is something I will never get tired of. LFG, boys. Oh, yeah, I love it too. And especially to see fans fall out of the stands early. That doesn't happen <sighs> very often at Fog Allen Field. Honestly. No, it doesn't.
2: And I think this right. thing's going to start taking off for UK fans. Like, I think, you know, the – The how like we romanticized the 2010 season. UK fans were just everywhere. I mean, they the only place they really didn't travel, unfortunately, was to Syracuse for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games. There was there was a lot of UK fans there, but more West Virginia fans, and that doesn't happen often. But that was in large part because. UK fans were already all booked to go to Indianapolis the following weekend for the Final Four. I think all UK fans were like, that's going to be our big trip, and they neglected to go to Syracuse. But I think you're going to have a little bit of that this year. I think you're going to see UK fans at a lot of the road games the remainder of the year. That's generally the norm. Can't wait to see how many UK fans show up in Knoxville. That's a 9 o'clock game on a Tuesday, so uh, if it was a Saturday, it could be even bigger and better. But I'm sure there will be a ton there. There will be so many UK fans in Tampa. Won't be quite the Nashville presence, but I bet it's going to be pretty eye-popping just, you know, given the distance and the travel. And then we'll see the tournament run. Um, The higher seed you get, Roush, the the closer to home you're going to get to play. So, obviously, UK's got plenty on the line, as if you didn't already know that. But I I think you're seeing UK fans start to kind of embrace this group to the point, like, I got to go see him. I got to go travel to see him. I think Rupp Arena is going to be more full the rest of the year. It's going to be a lot of fun the next
0: two months a lot of fun a lot of fun oh man i did the i had something like a hair stuck in my mouth that was huh well, you're a big cats fan uh, it's only natural cat. to have a hair baller it it, it definitely makes sense the texture on the thorns text on says the only thing more impressive than the cats tonight is that toupee
2: yeah <laughs> i love that little kid sign that there is hell to pay oh it was a that,
0: was, that was that was wonderful
2: it got on, uh, got on game day too, kind of in the background, but it still got
0: there. Nice, nice. Well, boys, I didn't think it'd get any better, but to put that beat down on KU in their building is full chub territory. <laughs> oh, T-M- TMI. Uh,
2: but totally, totally agree with you. That that we were kind of waiting. We knew this. I, well, I think most people I shouldn't say everybody most people knew this UK team was really good. Most people knew this UK team could get to a final four. I think Saturday brought everybody together and this is a special group and you didn't need to have a signature win and ideally a signature road win. Uh, there's still plenty of tough road games UK still has to go to Alabama they still have to go to Arkansas they still have to go to Tennessee I don't think Florida is all that great but you'll still have to go to Florida Uh, still plenty of tough challenges for UK the remainder of the season but we know that this group can do it and take care of business and just put teams away bury teams uh, early in the game middle of the game they can do it all so fun fun game Texter says on the Thornton's text line, I'm still freaking nervous for the second half. I feel like there's going to be 40 foul calls this half. I was nervous about that too. Didn't happen. <laughs> really oh. happy for Brooks tonight. You and me both, buddy. One Texter says. Brad from Bellbrook checks in. Hey, fellas. We, know, we all know there's no stopping, topping when he's hopping and popping, but those Kansas peons can't stop Keon because he's more like neon on Freon. <laughs>
0: I'm proud think, of you for getting that right. Uh, I didn't stumble up on that tongue twister. Well done, Mr. Sports Talker. Well, yeah, that's why they call me the Sports Talker.
2: Brad from Bell- Bellbrook, that was a lot of fun. Good text. I'm guessing you were feeling it on Saturday night.
0: <laughs> um, Can I just say that a shout-out to all the people who are uh, really piling on the Chiefs right now with the Jackson Mahomes um, stuff. Oh, very funny stuff.
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: I don't. I don't really care. I guess.
2: Uh, Texture says, "LOL expectations to have Kenny be successful. My first goal is to see if Kenny Payne is okay. If he land, my first goal to see if Penny, Kenny Payne is okay is if he lands the number one recruit. I'm guessing this was maybe for the Mike Rutherford show. I accidentally sent it over. Um, I'm guessing Trevor said that he'll. If they get Wagner, that he'll be in on the Kenny Payne hire, but he may not be if they don't.
0: <laughs> oh, setting the bar
2: appropriately. Uh, texture says, I've killed him, but Alpha Keon is my favorite Keon. Hitting open shots Keon is my favorite Keon. And boy, did he do a lot of that on Saturday.
0: But all, yeah, on- and go on. I, I was going to say, another texture put it, put it well earlier. When he's not trying to do too much, when he's not forcing things, like he, did a lot of just taking what Kansas gave him.
2: A lot of those shots from like the free throw line and and in just looked like he was at a pop a shot at Bave and Dusters just in his bag. You know they were all so pure. A lot of his shots didn't even hit the rim. He was he was feeling it. Kentucky did a good job, kept feeding them, kept scoring. Kansas didn't make the necessary adjustments, and they got a big old fat L. Could have been just as easily as an eight, eighteen point win. Could have been thirty. Uh, Texter says. This is from Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Big props to the Roughs tonight. I didn't feel like they were a factor either way, so kudos to them. Outside of Grady 3 turned pass and the ghost foul on Oscar, I was over the moon. Yeah, and I just generally don't care as much as long as Kentucky wins, although that's part of the issue. You need to hold them accountable regardless of what goes on. Mm-hmm.
0: But you didn't notice
2: them with, the, with a few exceptions. So that was all right by me, better than I thought it was going to be, especially when I saw that Sermons was the official.
0: Hey, uh, Justin, did
1: the Hoosiers win? Yeah, we got a nice win. Uh, I think we won by 13. Wow. Nice road, uh, they got a road win.
0: I mean, yeah,
1: not, back road wins. Come on.
0: Not a very good Maryland team, but still better than losing. Yep. Hey, Absolutely. three head coaches greater than zero head coaches.
2: I was pretty happy. <laughs> a texter on the Thordan text 5024141450 says – I'd like to see it a few more times, but if this is who Keon Brooks is, good grief. Great performance. Refs weren't perfect, but best road whistle we've gotten in a while. What a beatdown. KU fans were so shocked they didn't shoot 40 free throws.
0: Suck it, Jayhawks. You blew. Oh man! Finally, Kansas has been exposed at home. That's what happens when they don't get to shoot unlimited free throws. Loved we'll every minute of this game, and Kansas got what they had coming to them. Go Cats!
2: I, and they they were doing. I didn't know if the suck it was like just a long drawn out suck it, but they were doing the suck it Jayhawks to the tone of Rock Chalk. So let me redo yeah. it. Suck it, Jayhawks! Yep. You blue. And then we could speed it up, but we don't have
0: enough time. <laughs> oh man! Second, so what which one do we have next? Texture says fire Cal already. <laughs> I think that was a joke. <laughs> um, over or under one and a half messages in the show saying Cal coached a great game. I'm going with under, but Cal once again coached a great game. Go Cats! Well, a good up point until about your the te- textures like the. The coaches don't get a ton of credit when you win big. Usually the players get it all, but you know what? Good job, John Calipari. You did it.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, they had a good game plan. I I mean, again, like we talked about in hour one, you hold their best two scorers to 26 combined points on 25 shots. And then you have an offensive explosion, the likes of which haven't been seen Well, maybe since, like, the UNC game. But, you know, on the road, it had been a little bit since you've seen Kentucky play that well offensively. So defensively, they were locked in. Offensively, they were locked in. Calipari deserves credit for it. Absolutely, he does. Um, and if Kentucky goes out there and lays a complete egg and they don't look prepared and nothing's working, then Calipari deserves some criticism. Uh, it goes both the ways, as we always say. My goodness, we are so deep at receiver now with this new commitment, legitimate SEC studs. I smell in the near future a li- the elite diesel.
0: Ooh, elite diesel. I like elite diesel. Uh speaking of recruiting, I I didn't know that this happened until uh this morning just seeing the tweet. Uh Jeremiah Collins, uh UK recruit from Mail, uh cornerback, he uh he committed over the weekend to UFL. So Satterfield, he's he's in his bag right now. He's, he's got that momentum. All of the the haters that hated Scott Satterfield, they're they're eating some crow right now. Um and then that will change, I'm sure at some point next fall.
2: You know, once they actually start playing the football. I don't blame Louisville fans for getting excited. It's been a rough go for them. The basketball season, obviously, has been a disaster. They had a good recruiting weekend. The Pierce Clarkson commitment is a big deal for them, rightfully so. Still, obviously, need to get all these guys signed, but that goes without saying. They did add a 2022 guy that had a horrible, horrible offer sheet, Um, so there's at least still that.
0: Yeah, in uh, Kentucky, they host to an official visitor as well noah matthews who uh very under-recruited guy until late in the process and uh, it's going to be up to uk and illinois on signing day he could be their signing day addition but i love that he's a delaware guy and kind of like another guy from the northeast josh allen was a one-time monmouth commit this guy was a one-time weber state commitment before he decommitted and started getting some more power five offers so hmm. uh could be a, could be a cat this wednesday
2: yeah, he's got good size and he's probably only gonna get bigger. So I'll be interested in seeing how all that unfolds. You can't teach that size. A texter says, uh TJ Nick, were you all getting absolutely tanked at the U of L game? Wow, Justin, an afterthought. Yeah, that's all right.
1: <laughs> I was getting tanked.
2: Justin was like very loudly trolling U of L fans. I was waiting for U (laughs) of L to say something, but he was just like, you know, he'd had a few beers. He was like, "The leak sucks. U of L
1: sucks."
2: He was really feeling it.
1: That was fun. I I did. I did prod a little too much, but uh, I didn't get beat up, so that was a win. You were really
2: making friends with the Duke fan next to you. A little too friendly between you two, as a matter of
1: fact. We were discussing bets. So when we first got there, I don't even think you all heard me, but I leaned over to them and I was like, just so you all know, I'm a Hoosier and I'm with you. Go Duke minus six today. Oh, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. It was was the easiest bet on the board on Saturday.
2: If Duke and Louisville are playing one another, unless there's some implications regarding Kentucky, and Mm, especially the state of especially the state of the U of L program as it currently stands. I was, I was rooting for coach K to be sent out on his farewell tour with a big fat L and I had no problem with that, but didn't happen. Uh, But it was a a, a really fun time and uh, the beers were flowing for those two. I'm waiting a month.
0: Um, Can I ask a question for the group to answer? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to this question is, is Tom Brady retired. No. Oh gosh. i yeah. My guess is that he will, but goodness
2: gracious, dude. Like, can people just not let him make his own announcement? ESPN and, and looking at you.
0: It's really like what it comes down to is that uh and I'm wondering what those conversations were like between Schefter, Darlington, and their bosses because they reported that he's retiring just because the people around him think that's what's ultimately just gonna happen. So, like, I, I, the, my hope is that out of spite, he is going to say, no, you know what? You all said I was retiring. Suck it. I'm not going to retire now. Same. I feel like he's that much of a spiteful person that, and, and, and since they tried to take his decision out of his hands, that he's going to be like, you know what, damn it? Uh, no, I'm doing my own thing now. I'm running it back. I would I was a little surprised with the news. His comments after the season
2: seemed to kind of suggest that he was leaning that way towards retirement. But he almost had a near MVP season. I mean, he was awesome. He put up great numbers. The Bucks were what, the two or the three seed, whatever that I think the two seed. Um I was I figured he'd at least go one more go around and at least, you know, I don't know if he wants to do the farewell thing or not. But if he wasn't playing at a high level, I'd understand it totally. But he's still going out there and looking really, really good. So if he does retire, you know, obviously one of the most the most accomplished career in the history of football, and we'll never see anything like it again. If he doesn't, then it'll be hilarious to stick it to ESPN.
1: Nick, for me, it's it comes down to Tom Brady's always said he's gonna play till 45. Dude's not 45. He's not retiring. Period.
0: Wow. wow. You heard it here first from Scoots. Wow, Scoots McGoots.
1: I mean, he doesn't seem the like call. the type of guy that would go back on his word. Wait, what word is that? That he's gonna play till he's forty-five.
2: Oh, well, I mean, I think that was I don't know. I wouldn't hold him to that. I'm not, but I'm hey. not
1: believing it until it comes out of Tom's mouth himself.
2: Okay, I love it. I love it. A texter says, considering the matchups, playmakers, shooters, etc., cetera, Purdue is one of the teams I would rather not see in the tourney. They're a damn good team. Yeah, uh, I posted at home on like a last-second BS shot. Give me a break. Give me a break. I I made a list of teams that I don't want that I think would cause Kentucky some issues. Now that I don't think Kentucky could beat all of these teams, I think they absolutely could beat every one of them. But the ones I think Kentucky fans would want to avoid in March, and we still have a whole another month and a half of basketball before we get that. So I reserve the right to change or add to this list. Purdue's one of them. They have one of the best guards in the Big Ten, and they have a front court that is bigger than UK's in terms of size and probably just as muscular. So I don't think that'd be an ideal matchup. I still think Kentucky should beat Purdue if they played, but that would be a team I'd like to avoid. That was a
0: kick-ass shot they hit to to pull out the win against Ohio State yesterday. Fell asleep through the Ohio State comeback in the second half and woke up in time to see that ending. Crazy ending. That was a a crazy ending. It's always the best when that goes that way.
2: Uh, Duke and Auburn, strictly just because uh, they're – they're they've got great front front courts and they're they've got mismatch problems at the four. Uh, you know, Duke, Mark Williams has really started to play better. Theo John, he's a solid player, and then obviously Paulo Benchero is such a matchup problem. Walker Kessler is really good, and obviously Jabari was a matchup problem. So those are two teams. Auburn, you wouldn't have to worry about till the final four. Duke, again, if there's a rematch, bring it on. I'd love to end Coach K's career. Um, but those are two. And then the last two, Gonzaga, similar reason. Their front court's good. Timmy would just be a pest. And then obviously Chet Holgrim's length could potentially bother. Um, Oscar, although Oscar banging into Holgram probably would break his sternum, uh, wouldn't be pretty to watch, would Would be rated R basketball. And then Baylor, they're just so tough defensively and physical and whatnot that that could pr- cause some problems. But those are the five teams that I think could cause UK some issues. Now, that being said, I think Kentucky could beat all five without issue as well. So we shall see.
0: We shall see. We shall see. I like that list, though. It's a good list, Mr. Sports Talk. Just basically I appreciate it.
2: Good front courts that are as talented and either longer or as big as Kentucky's—that's the ones you want to avoid. Back court, bring on anybody. Is there a back sure. court out
0: there that scares you? Not me. No, no. But really, the, the play at the four—if you have uh, a guy who can really stretch the four out and is a good athlete—I mean, there's only so many of them out there. Uh, but you know, sometimes you can run into it, and that can that can wreck a year. in uh, C- sure. 2015. Sure,
2: I agree with you. Yeah, and there's obviously some back courts that have individual players that are maybe better than anybody Kentucky has, although debatable for sure. But as a unit, I I think Kentucky's got the best backcourt in the country. I really do. I mean, between shooting, penetrating, of course, that's when they're healthy. But um, we got got a whole another month to talk college basketball. And then we got March, which I think we'll probably talk a little college basketball that month as well. So it's going to be a good time. A texter says, going into today's game, Kentucky is the unluckiest team in the top 42, according to Ken Palm. Well, if you take into account injuries, absolutely. But I don't know if Ken Pond does that or not. But interesting yeah. stat all the same.
0: I would think that that would maybe play somewhat of a role. Like production people available. But I bet I don't know. that. I like saying that stat, even though I don't really know what it means. <laughs> uh, wow, we kicked their ass. <laughs> Cats did kick the Jayhawks' ass. Texter on the Thorns text line says, it's hard to overstate how good that performance was. Kansas doesn't get beat like that at home. Um, and I saw... Even the hyperbolic Ross team is like Texas did it last year, but that was COVID. That wasn't the real Fog Allen. Like to do it in that environment, that just doesn't that just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen with un, since Bill Self's been there.
2: Yeah, let's see. Here's a stat that I saw. Uh, Kansas has played at Fog Island since 1955. Those 67 years, they only have two non-conference home losses by at least 18 points, both of them Kentucky. Um, and then somebody added to that, in the last eight seasons, including this year going on, Texas Tech is 63-1 and in non-conference home games. The one loss was to John Calipari in UK. So watch out, Big 12. We're coming to your gym, and we're beating your team, or whatever Calipari says
0: oh man uh that in the last time kentucky won at fog allen cal was a, a ga back in 83 for larry brown at ku so i hope cal got, coming.
2: i hope he got to take a shower in that shower at kansas that seemed to really mean a lot to him <laughs> a lot of a lot of
0: memories in that oh show. man yeah and i'm sure you all weren't walked into calipari's friday pregame press conference but he was just I know y'all don't want to hear this, but let me tell you a story. And he oh, yeah. just went on like a five-minute tangent about using the same.
2: Uh, Texter says, those folks who complain that we never win big games anymore had to switch it up slightly to we never win big games on the road anymore after we beat Tennessee. I wonder what they'll do now. Um, the miserable folks will, they'll, they're, they're crawling in the shadows. We know that they're still there but we're not worried about him today. Uh, Texter says, we've had a lot of good freshmen here, but I can't think of one that could go one and nine like Ty Ty did and not start forcing shots or trying to do too much. He took good shots in rhythm, played within himself, didn't let his shooting affect his defense or decision-making. His maturity and basketball IQ is as good as I've seen from a first-year guy.
0: Great point. Great text. Great text in the show. Yeah, you didn't feel like Ty Ty was hurting you. And other you're just like, man, shots aren't going in, you know, like it was the shots he normally makes. And uh man, great, just overall, wonderful text into the Thornton's text line. Um, and here is an equal and opposite bad text. Uh, Canada text are checking in just to say, Dos Acero.
2: Suck it. That was the only bad thing that happened this weekend. USA completely outplayed Canada, had the ball in Canada's half. Uh, the entire time, but just like they did on Wednesday night or Thursday night, whatever night it was, just could not finish for the life LIFO. They'd get it to the box and not be able to do anything with it. I watched the whole match. It was very frustrating, but congrats to Canada. Goodness gracious, they acted like they had just won the entire Super Bowl. I, I know that they're going to go to the World Cup. I don't know if that clinched it necessarily, um, but suck it, Canada.
0: Yeah, uh, Canada, I, I'd, suck I'd, it.
2: That bugged me. It's amazing how hey, also Canada texture. Where where's Justin Trudeau? Where is he hiding? Is he with yeah. you? Let us know. A texter says, it's amazing how good this team can be when they're healthy and able to play ball. 11 fouls to Kansas to 13. is pretty balanced overall. The refs let them play. We had some guys step up that usually don't show out on a game-to-game basis, and we didn't get Flops McGee flip-flopping himself into a coma <laughs> numerous times. Great win. Suck at Kansas. Suck at Auburn for having a such soft schedule and ruining a number of parlays for me at the end of the season for teams to win their conferences outright. Kentucky should finish second. No one the no one the way we're playing. Second to no one. Finish second to no one with the way they're playing. Gotcha. I like it. Hey, Roush, how does it feel to give up on the Bengals and become a Steelers fan the year Joey Buckets, I think you mean Joey Biscuits, takes Cincy to the promised land?
0: You know uh, the things I do for content. Like I, I, I really oh. thought that it was uh, to switch things up. I thought it'd be great content for our listeners, and it's just it's unappreciated. And um, <laughs> I'm I'm disappointed in you, listeners. Not disappointed in myself. This was for you, and you uh, really this uh, just. Well, you could th- take that next text. You were stumbling there. Go ahead. It just go. Yeah, it would one. be go fun away. to be like a fake Bengals fan right now. It would be a lot of fun to be a fake Bengals fan right now. Might even be one for the Super Bowl. Might even be one for the Super Bowl. Uh, would you rather be a Kansas fan or have Rick Bozich grill every meal you ate for an entire year?
2: <laughs> Man, Bozich staring darts at Roush at the Yum Center on Saturday. One of the few media members that didn't come
0: and pay his respects to Roush. Nope, him and Jody Demling, They just they they would not kiss the ring.
2: Staring at a distance. It was uh you could you could cut the tension with. <laughs> with one of Rick just butter knives. John here, good good morning to you. When you win some, you lose some. It was not written in the script for my Chiefs this year, but maybe next time. But the Cats are freaking awesome. And I know he's been inconsistent, but if he keeps playing like that and he does it during the tournament, Brooks can play in the NBA and maybe as soon as next year. What do you guys think? we will got to go talk to you later.
0: Well, uh, first, John, I would like to say that uh, thoughts and prayers uh, to you right now because Patrick Mahomes starting to look a lot like Aaron Rodgers. Just those AFC Championship games at home, two for four. Come on, You're supposed to win those, John. Especially when you have a twenty-one to three lead. Oh. Yeah, I've got, imagine
2: if Aaron Rodgers blew that lead. Oh man, people would just be going absolutely bonkers. Uh, Chiefs are going to be all right, John. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to win a lot more games in the AFC and be in that position another time or two and then for Brooks I guess my overall sentiment we try to say like hey you know the expectation shouldn't be for Brooks to do that every game I think most people with half a brain are going to be you know thinking that same thing but I think the overall sentiment is we do know that he can be a difference maker to win Kentucky a game if shots aren't falling for Ty Ty if some other guys can't get going maybe Brooks is an option. And I wasn't 100% sure that was ever going to be the case for Brooks where you could say, hey, let's go to Brooks, see if he can get something going. After Saturday, we we can say that he can be an option very clearly. So that's good, and that's going to help his confidence, I think, a lot.
0: TC from Lexington here, boys. I thought the scoreboard falling down on the Kansas team coming up before the game was poetically ironic foreshadowing to the beatdown to come. Also, I know there's been a lot of sports, but the new Righteous Gymstone episode is high-quality stuff with BJ's baptism. Yeah, I've, we, we we were waiting to bank some episodes uh, before getting started on it, and I've heard multiple references to BJ's baptism, and I'm sure it's just outstanding. So uh, I cannot wait to watch that.
2: I will... Uh... I'll watch that probably today. Looking forward to it, TC from Lexington. Thanks for the tip. Uh, I'm I'm caught up. Well, I'm caught up with the exception of last night's episode. Still bummed we didn't get to beat the cards down this year. Only thing that's missing this season up to this point. Oh. It would have been it's a beatdown, too. We were all saying that on Saturday. And that's no, you know, obviously, this is not a good U of L team. No U of L fan would be surprised to hear that. But just UK shranks versus U of L's weaknesses would have led to probably oh, literally a 20 point blowout win, if not more.
0: I, I would also, could, could you share your Malik Williams take, too? Because I think it's like the most accurate, perfect synopsis of a player.
2: Oh, it, well, it, when he's. When he's good, I, I don't remember my exact wording that I said on Saturday, but like you, you see little flashes of him. That's like, okay, this is a good player for U of L. I see it, and then you'll see other flashes that he just doesn't belong at the U of L ACC level, and that's totally true. And then there's this very, very small gray area where he's just like a a solid player, and you hardly ever see that. Either he's like doing really good things. Or he's doing just comically terrible things. He's never just like ho hum good. You know?
0: He he is. And that's what makes him such a hilarious player because sometimes he's draining threes and other times he's just not boxing his guy out while the dude's getting an offensive rebound for two or he's dribbling like a point guard into the air. And uh, right before half, what the hell was that? Oh, well, yeah, no, no he kidding. He just, like, jumped in the air. Then Duke got it back and hit, like, a 35-foot three. It was it was hilarious.
2: He plays point guard too much. I, I can see why Bell fans are frustrated with him. He seems like a good guy. He's been with the program for, like, 13 years at this point. But, oh, he's frustrating. Uh, Texter says, when Brooks is attacking the boards, it seems like everything else comes to him.
0: I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly but he Stark, was just feeling it Starkly that was a Starkly dude fly.
2: that you could just tell was everything was clicking for him and he probably just drowned out all the noise drowned out everything and you you've roush i'm sure you've been that way as a basketball player just feel like the ball in your hands just feels right and, like, you can do no wrong with it. And there's nights that that happens. And that was Brooks at at the most important stage. I'm so happy it came in a big game, too. I'm glad it wasn't, like, Bandy or something like that. I'm glad it was the atmosphere, it was the stage that it was. Because Kentucky's going to need him in big games. They don't need him to score 27 points every time, but they're going to need him to contribute and help. And he also played good defense, too, for what it was worth.
0: Yeah. No, that that's that's – you're exactly right. Um but and I, I think it just always comes back to that aggressive mindset and knowing what's a good amount of aggressiveness and what's just like doing the Malik Williams and throwing a shot up that's contested garbage, you know, like that. that there's a there's a fine line there. Texture Thorns Texan says Stoops misses with coaching hires it was pretty early in his career. He's been doing pretty well with his more recent hires. Uh yeah, I, I'd say for the most part uh, now. You know, the jury's still out on those secondary guys that he hired in the last two years, Buffano and uh, Collins. Um, But for the most part, yeah, I feel like the, you know, you needed to hit on the Liam Cohen hire, and he's nailed it so far. So with the big ones, he's done well. Uh, Now you just – that offensive line, Kentucky's offensive line, has been a big part of its identity. So it should be an easy sell for a good offensive line coach. Like, listen, this is – you, there's a lot of opportunity here uh but yeah the you got to keep that train rolling in the right direction
2: by the way we have an official statement from the Big dog on Twitter Vince uh regarding the change of position Kentucky football will be fine it's always about the Jimmys and Joe's when we loose that then we are in trouble. Let's get ready to make a run to the SEC championship. I think he means lose that. Uh, he has a tough time with loose and lose. Now, that's been a constant theme for, for Vince. I like it, though. I like, I like that, put people the people
0: losers, too.
2: But the message is spot on, uh, and I like that. And I like that he he always tries to kind of calm the, the UK waters. I think that's always mm-hmm. a nice thing about him. Um, last text topping popping
0: threes is a fun development oh man when that went in you're just like we're the best team that i mean we we just ate our star in mario kart and we're doing the salsa dance around the track man that was awesome
2: well that's well said that's a good comparison all right everybody thanks for all the texts into the show live and then also over the weekend we always love hearing from you uh it's another wednesday game day week so it's gonna tomorrow's our thursday for what it's worth. So tomorrow's going to be our slower day. And then game day on Wednesday, and we'll have the whole rest of the week. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Thanks to everybody. TJ Walker, How? Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We will see you on Tuesday.